0: mile radius, and we know that as Jeopardy, the game show, is this. You have uh, somebody gives you an answer, but you got to answer the answer with the question. And so we get our theme from Jeopardy as this goes on. It's we live as the answer, so people ask questions. By the time we're done with this series, people should be asking you questions about your Christian walk. They should be asking you questions about your faith. They should be asking you for the reason of the joy that you possess. They should be asking you the reason your marriage has been so blessed and you're still married after 25 years. They should be asking you about how you raise godly kids in a godless world. Can I get an amen on that? They should be asking you questions about your life because you have and you are the answer. You are the light of the world, the Bible says. And so as we're in double jeopardy this morning, I want to explain to you what double jeopardy is. Double jeopardy is the second round of jeopardy. And in double jeopardy, everything is doubled. The dollar values are doubled. So if the question in the first round of jeopardy was a $100 question, it's now a $200 question. If it was a $500 question, it's now a $1,000 question. Everything begins to double in double jeopardy, hence the name double jeopardy. Amen? Amen. And last week we talked about daily double and what are you going to lay on the line? It's your opportunity to lay everything on the line. And now, as you've laid everything on the line in your daily double, God said it's time for you to completely double. And we're going into a round called double jeopardy. And so, let's talk about the double just for a second. Now, the double is this. Now, Jesus said this. And now, Jesus fulfilled his had to when he went to Samaria. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the had to. Why did Jesus had to go through Samaria? Jesus fulfilled his had to by going through Samaria and Sychar. And there he met a woman at a well. And in this dialogue, he made it clear that there is a water source greater than Jacob's well. And he said this in John 4, verse 13 and 14. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Talking about Jacob's well. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Now, here's the key part. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So the water or the word that God gives you is going to become a spring and a spring constantly produces. Can I get an amen? So just because you got a revelation one time of what the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ was, it doesn't mean that spring should have dried up 20 years ago. That spring should be welling up continually into eternal life. And you should be just as excited today about your salvation as you were the day you got born again. So my question to you is this. If you're not just as excited about being born again today as you were when you got born again, something's wrong with your well. And Jesus said, the water that I give you will become a spring. Welling up to eternal life, not just your eternal life, but that spring is not just for you, it's to overflow to somebody else's eternal life. He goes on in John chapter 7 to say the same thing, but he phrases it a little bit different and he phrases it to the Jewish people. And it was at the end of the feast in John 7, 37, it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up. And he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, some versions say bellies, will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Yeah. So Jesus told the woman at the well, because she was at a well, amen, that, the, that the, the, what I'm giving you is become a spring welling up to eternal life. He's telling the Jewish people that, hey, I'm going to talk to you about this. And if you're thirsty, I'm going to bring you to a place. And out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, I want to phrase this, or say this phrase again that I said last week. Jesus didn't come to take back a well. He came to change the water completely. So my question in your life is, if, you're, if he came to change the water completely, what is flowing out of your life? That is a spring of eternal life and what is flowing out of your life that is a river of living water. And that's not a rhetorical question like, huh, that's a good question. No, you really should be able to say this in my life is a spring of living water that is blessing other people. You should literally be able to say in your life, this river in my life that's flowing out of me is a river of life for other people. It shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't be a rhetorical question. It should be a statement that I made that immediately following that statement, I can say this is in my life, the spring that is flowing forth. This is the river of living water flowing forth that's influencing my 20 mile radius. Come on, changing my culture. That's igniting my four state area, and that's igniting nations around the world. And so in this question, Jesus did not come to take back a well, as we learned last week. He came to change the water. Now, Jesus made these two statements two times within three chapters. Can you say double? He made this statement of a spring rising up to eternal life in John chapter 4. And then in John chapter 7, he talks about a river of living water. So he doubles the emphasis on it. See, some of you read a chapter at a time and wonder what Jesus is doing and you think Jesus is kind of scattered because it's one chapter, one chapter, one chapter. If you read five or six chapters at a time, you'll you'll come into an all-encompassing viewpoint of what he's trying to get across in the first part of John. And he's trying to get across to the body of Christ that out of your bellies or your hearts should flow a river of living water that springs up from within you leading to eternal life. And God wants that to happen in your life today. So if there is more, then he mentioned it one time, it means he's doubled it, and so there is more. So if you say double, it means more, and as we prefaced in double jeopardy, everything is doubled. So I'm believing before this morning is done, that you don't just get double, you get the fullness. You don't just get doubled, you get the fullness. And I wanted them to put a picture up on the screen this morning. It's a map. And as we look at this map that's on the screen, when you first look at that map, what do you see? Many of you, when you first look at that map, your attention is immediately drawn to the River Jordan. Right? It's immediately drawn to the River Jordan. And as it's drawn there, then you look over to the other box and you see, oh, Jacob's well. Now my question for you is, why do you want to keep going to the wells of the past when the river of life is right, uh, right on the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, Jesus looked at the woman at the well and said, this is sufficient for now, but I don't believe he intended her to stay just at the well. Uh, and this is, this is uh, 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 speaking... Illustration wise, okay. I mean, I know she had to go there and draw physical water, but I don't believe in her spiritual life. He wanted her to stay at that well. I believe he wanted changes to happen in her life. Now, listen, in the Gospel of John, water is mentioned 20 times, and you're saying, why are you bringing up that fact? Because here's the reason why. There is something important about the water mentioned in the Gospel of John that's mentioned over 20 times. It's mentioned the fifth most out of any of the books of the Bible. There's a few that have the water mentioned more. But listen, it's mentioned more times than the three other Gospels combined. Matthew, Matthew only mentions water seven times, Mark five times, and Luke seven times. So the Gospel of John, there's a theme about the river of living water that he's talking about. And if you want to go really deep into it, that river overflows into the book of Revelation who the gospel writer of John wrote the gospel of John. He also wrote the book of Revelation. So there's a theme that he's trying to get you into. So where you're at at the well is not necessarily the fullness of where he wants you to be at called the river. And he's trying to get you from your current perspective to change it to the fullness of what he's called you to. Now this is symbolic of where many people are personally in contrast to where God wants us to be. Listen, too many of us are going to the well of the past rather than to the river of the fullness of God. And let me explain this. When you start getting in a spiritual funk, have y'all ever been in a spiritual funk before? Hold your hand up. If you haven't, you hadn't been born again very long. Right? I mean, Jesus immediately, when he got baptized, came up out of the water, went up on a mountain to be tempted and tested by the devil himself. Okay, I'm just saying. He went from immediate glory of God, heaven opening up, everything coming down, to up on a mountain to be tempted and tested. (laughs) So in that, I'm saying if you've been born again for any certain length of time, you've you've been walking into a challenge in your life. But can I tell you that on the, the water of the past, don't keep going to the water of the past if you're trying to get to the fullness of what he's called you to. And I bring it up for this reason because look at the size of the well versus look at the size of the river. Now, Jesus said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He started out saying, out of you will be a spring or a well welling up to eternal life. So your starting place doesn't necessarily mean it's your ending place. Because what he started for you into a moment, he didn't want it to stay in a moment. He wanted to turn into a movement. Listen, in your life, God wants to bring you to, to, to where the fullness of God is. The water of your past will not satisfy your thirst for the future. And some of you have got to get past the wells of your past. The well of your past will not satisfy your thirst for the future things that God has for you. And listen, the water that got you here is not going to be the water that gets you there. Let me give you an an example of this. The things I've done as a pastor to get our church in TWBC to where we're at are not the things I need to do to get TWBC to the fullness. The water of the past is great for where it was in the past, but it will not satisfy the thirst for the future. Joel's got to do some changing. But if Joel gets into one of these spiritual funks and says, Oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know where I'm at. I'm going to go to the well of the past. The water that got me here is not the water that's going to get me there. And here's the common mistake many believers make when they are in a spiritual funk in a spiritual downtime or they're spiritually thirsty. Well, I'm just going to go back and do what I've always done because it got me good results in the past. It may have got you to where you're at, but it's not going to get you to where you're going. That's right. Come on. Do you think that God may be wanting to make you thirsty on purpose? Amen. That's good. <laughs> do you think he may be wanting to make you thirsty on purpose and he's just showing you there's more to what he has for you than what you've been walking in? And so if you're thirsty this morning, he said, come to me if you're thirsty. Come and drink from the water of life and out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And so my question for you this morning is, how many times have you gone to the well of the past when he's trying to turn your perspective to get you to the place of fullness in him? Now, I'm going to make a confession here this morning. This is part one of a two-part message. I got up like normal last night about 10 o'clock from the couch, and I said, hey, I'm going to go over my stuff for about an hour before I go to bed, about 11 o'clock, and I realized that all the information I had in the whole message that I was going to do, it would have been about, I don't know, just because I think it's 30 minutes in my head, that means it's about 50 minutes when I do it, right? Y'all give me an amen on that, you know I go long. It's all right to have a long-winded pastor as long as he's giving good stuff. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so, so on that, I realized, I said, God, I'm just not comfortable. And he said, I, I want you to be not comfortable because I want you to make this into two and I'm giving you the second half for next week, but you got to focus on the first half that I got you on this week. And so what we've got to realize this week is God has many of us, we've been looking at this well, and I love looking at a baptistry because it's a place that looks like a well, and we've been looking at this well of the past, and we've been drinking from the well of the past, but I believe it's time that God says, I'm ready to make you thirsty again, not for the well of the past, but for the river of life and the fullness that I'm trying to draw you into. But on that, we're going to go to the river next week. We're going to talk about what it takes to get to the fullness next week. I just got to make sure you're thirsty this morning. Amen. We've yeah. Got to make sure there's a thirst created today. The trap many believers fall into is going back to the old well and not pressing into the new river, and they're feeling spiritually unsatisfied, but God's unsatisfaction in your life may be there on purpose because He's trying to get you to the river. Yeah. He's trying to get you to the fullness. And heaven forbid we should ask God for double when he says, I want you to have the fullness. Come on now. I want you to have all that I got for you. And here's the greatest part of this whole message this morning. There's grace for that place. There's grace for that place. Now I'm going to need some volunteers to help me out here this morning. And here's what I need. I need, Damon, can I get six of your Rage team members? I need six Rage team members. Come on up. One, two, three, four, five, six just call them out. Damon, get Awesome. Y'all y'all stand right up here. Amen, give me a hand clap. Yeah. 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 Good-looking strapping young lads. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to call the rage team up for a reason. Cuz I believe many of them are walking in the river. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. seeing what God's doing in our rage student yeah. ministries. I love seeing how they're tapping into the river. They weren't satisfied with the well that we drank from all our life. They're saying, I want the fullness. I want all that God has for me. And watching them minister to each other on Sunday mornings blesses my heart. Because they're over there laying their hands on each other. They're praying over people. I mean, you got, you got the triplets over there. Katie, Callie, and Mackenzie doing their thing all the time. I mean... Lord, help. I mean, you got got Price over there laying his hands on people, Zach and and Jacob and Grace and all these guys. Grace and giving testimonies in front of church, man. I mean, I'm telling you. There's a river that they got flowing out of them that I want some of y'all to jump on into. And don't look down on them because they're young. Because they're setting an example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity of what God's doing to them. Amen. Amen. And he's bringing people to another level through them. But can I tell you, there's grace for that place. And I remember when I first got born again. I was at the well. And there was grace for my place at the well. Jeremy, can I borrow you for a second? Can you come on up here? And I want you to stand here just like this. Just hand over the well just cause like you're touching the well, but I want you to stand here with your other hand stretched out like that. Okay. Jeremy, give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Yeah. God's doing yeah. things in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Just got promoted to middle school principal, influencing the next generation. Come on. Yeah. 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 Assistant principal. I'm sorry, I won't clarify, I just I don't want people. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> before I get myself in trouble. But after a while, after I first got born again and there was grace for my place, I got thirsty. And the grace that was for my place was there because people were there with me in the moment. But in that moment, I got thirsty and I began to go towards the river. But there was still grace for that place. And if some of you are still at that place, there's still grace for that place, but it's not the fullness of where he's calling you to. It's not the fullness of where he's got you at. Crystal, can you come help us for a minute? Denny, can you come help me for a minute? And then Johnny, can you come help me for a minute? And I want you to grab Jeremy's hand and stretch your other arm out. Denny, grab Crystal's hand and stretch your arm out. Johnny, grab Denny's hand and stretch your arm out. And after a while, I realized that the water of the past wasn't satisfying my thirst for the future. And so I began to press in and go towards the river. But I had to realize that every step along the way, there was grace for that place. Yeah. There was grace for this place. And more than grace, and this is an example of God's grace, there was grace for that place. When I was here, it just wasn't here. There was somebody here with me. Yeah. 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 He didn't make me do it by myself. There was grace for that place. And then when I got here, there was grace for my place because he didn't make me do it all alone. There was somebody with me. And then when I got here, there was more grace for my place because I'm seeking the fullness. But 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 all I knew was the well. And I may not fully understand that, but I do understand that. But he said out of this is going to come a spring welling up to eternal life. And that spring's flowing into a river. So I got to get to the river, even though I only understand the well. But in the midst of not understanding the river and knowing the well, there was grace for my place. The farther I got away from the well, going into the fullness of what he's got for me, he began to push me into places of unknown. But then there was grace for this place. There was grace for this place in my life. Lindsay, can you come on up here this morning? Help me out. The love of the Father is leading you on a personal journey. The love of the Father is, grab Johnny's hand and stretch your arm out. The love of the Father is leading you on a personal journey. And I'm going to tell you it's personal, it's because it's between you and the Father. And I know you're married and the two have become one flesh, but you cannot get born again for your spouse. Your spouse has to make their own decision for Jesus Christ. Your kids got to make their own decision for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when you get to the front gates, there's no skating through on somebody else's coattails as much as, as wonderful as all that sounds. But can I tell you, while you're here on this earth and you're here in Jeremy's position or where I was and still am at some points in my spiritual walk, I still feel like I'm here. There was grace for me in this moment here. And there was grace for my place. But a thirst happened. And when a thirst happened, I started moving down the to the river. And there was grace for my place. And I started moving down the river. And there was grace for my place. Now I'm going to stop for a moment and I keep saying grace for my place and I want us to make sure we're all on the same page with the definition of grace because this is what grace is. All that you need where you are to get you to where you're at in the river. He gave me everything that I needed as there was grace for my place right here to get me to move to here. But when I moved to here, there was a new grace for the new place. And when I moved here, there was a new grace for the new place. And when I moved here, there was a new grace for the new place. I still don't know it all in this place. But I do know this. I know I'm not at the well where I started, but I'm not to the fullness of the river where I'm at. So in the middle of the well, to the river, there's grace for that place. There's grace for this area in your life. Now, here's the where many people struggle. They get to here, and there's grace for this place. We stand here, and there's grace for my place. I haven't arrived fully. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still getting into the fullness. I'm not where I at, was at, praise God. But something seems to happen along the chain of love that's here, and we get to a certain place in our grace. And we look back down there and see somebody where they're at, grace for their place. And we look at them with disgust and we say, I can't believe you're still back there at the well. Yeah, come come on. On. Come on. Come on. I can't believe you're not where I'm at right now. Yeah. Come on. We got saved at the exact same time. Yeah. You just lost grace for your place. Yeah. Come on. Hello. You just said, because you're here. And they're there that your grace is better than their grace because you've made different decisions and you may be spiritually farther along than them, but can I tell you, you hadn't done it right the whole way either. Can I tell you, in the midst of walking in this road to get to the fullness, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm definitely not where I was. And all along the lines, there's grace for my place. And I'm not advocating the sin in your life. I'm saying if you got sin in your life, the well of living water should be flushing the sin out of your life. But in the midst of perfecting and walking out this walk with Jesus Christ, there's grace for your place. And how dare it if we as a church or the body of Christ get to this place and look at somebody who's still in that place and not be the one to stretch our arm out back to this place and reach it with the grace of God to get them all the way down to this place because I told you in the very beginning when I was in this place I didn't do it by myself there was somebody here with me and you wanna know how when I had grace for this place and I still got grace for that place it's not because I got there on my own it's because I was able to do this there was somebody with me along the way and I could climb the rope of God's grace through every situation through every trial through every circumstance he put somebody in my life and there was grace for every place and so now when I look back on somebody in that place even though I got grace for this place. I don't necessarily want to stay in this place all by myself. I want to go back to find somebody who's got grace for this place and say, get ready because God's about to transport your life and we're going to go down the line and the body of Christ is going to get you grace for this place because what the body of Christ should be doing is stretching out hands all the way across the line to get somebody from the well all the way to the river. And the church should look like this, a chain of grace from the, from the well to the river that people can begin to walk on from Jeremy to Crystal to Denny to Johnny to Lindsay to me to the river that's over here. And we should be a chain of saying, hey, this is a chain of encouragement. And there's grace for this place, but there's also grace for this place. And there's grace for this place. And we just got to make sure we're picking up people's heads and turning them this way to get them grace for that next place in their life. And if we ever become a church, mm. if we ever become a church, that we get, become so, I, spiritually minded is not a bad thing, it's not the right words, because I want us to be very spiritually minded. But, and the truth of the matter is the more spiritually minded I get, the more I'll be able to recognize there's grace for every place and help people get up the line. So it's not so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. I believe that's a stupid statement all in itself. I believe the more the more in the presence of God you are, and the more in the Spirit of God that you get, it's the greatest thing you can do. But if we lose focus of being in the Spirit and the presence of God so much that we're in the Spirit and the presence of God that we don't recognize that there's still grace for all those places, and we're not helping people get from this place of grace, to 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 the river over here then we've missed it as a church all the way around because the church is not a party for a bunch of people who can see how in depth spiritually they can get the church is a place is the body of Christ The church is a place of celebration that we come together and we worship the Father in spirit and in truth, respecting the people who have grace for this place and are touching the river, but also respecting the person who just got born again down here and is still at the well. And when Jesus looked at the woman at the well, he said, woman, there's grace for this place. I got water to drink that you know nothing about. And when he said, I've got water to drink that you know nothing about, He didn't look at her and say, I guess just get water from the well. He looked at her with concern and said, why didn't you ask me about the water? He was concerned with her lack of thirst. He said, why didn't you ask me about the water? He was concerned with her current standing. He said, if you would have asked me, I would have given you the water that would lead up to eternal life. And you would never be thirsty again. there's grace for that place but Jeremy in that place of grace don't get comfortable because God's ideal for you is not to get comfortable in that place of grace it's for you to step into the next place of grace and Crystal in this place of grace don't get comfortable. I know God's doing good things in your family right now, but don't get comfortable because God's calling you to see where you're at in this place of grace and look for somebody at the well and say, come along with me and let's move down this place of grace. And I love watching what God's done in your life, Denny, and I love seeing how He's moving in your life and He's got you at a great place, great in His grace. And as you look down that way at the well, I know you're going to see people who you can recognize or or relate to because they're going through the same things you went through a couple years ago, but there's still grace for this place, but He's got grace for them in that place and it's your job to reach your hand out and touch them in that place and try and get them to this place and Johnny I remember the the, the, the struggles uh, uh, set six or seven years ago in your life and I remember that where you're at now and I look at where you were then and there was grace on your life and grace in that place then but I see the great grace that's resting on your life now and he's going to bring you across people in your life where you're going to recognize what they're going through and you're going to say hey there's grace for where you're at now but God doesn't want you staying in that place because grace is not um. um, um recognizing and just seeing your sin and saying it's covered. Grace is saying I've got all you need to take the next step into the fullness of who I'm calling you to be. And Lindsay, I remember when you first came to church. Yeah, come, on. come on. I remember on a softball field. She was laughing at me. Who is that guy? Why is he always yelling? What's that? In a good way, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, everything about you is in a good way. I mean, yeah. have you ever met something not in a good way about Lindsay? And I remember you on that day. And I see where you and your family have come from. Yeah. And I watch the growth of your husband. Yeah. And I watch the growth of your kids through the Rage Student Ministries. And I watch the growth of your family. And, and, and Lindsay, there's a, there's a new grace on your life for this place. Yeah. Yeah. And as you look down the line and see a young couple... That out of the, right out of high school, their life was tough starting out. Come on, I'll just leave it at that. Right, it was tough starting out. There was gr- there's grace for their place. Because 20 years down the road, you're looking at it. And you're seeing back on it and saying, if you'll just get in the grace of God, He's going to give you all you need at this specific moment. And He's going to bring you to a new place in Him. But your new place in Him, you can't get to the future of the the river that He's drawing you into by still going to the wells of the past. It's going to take the body of Christ stretching from a well all the way to a river. And as we get people from there to there, we're then going to see the body of Christ transform and watch God do some amazing things moving forward with us. And I don't care where you are at along this line. My one question for you is this Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Because there's grace for your place, there's grace for your moment. And I can look out across this congregation and see individuals. I look over there and see Ronnie and Hope Smith. Ronnie's the one who turned the gas on when we first bought our old building. He met me before we were even in the building. I don't know what he thought about me then. I don't know what he thinks about me now. I just know he loves me. And I know I love Ronnie. I love Hope. I love that family. And I love their dedication and their faithfulness, what they served at the kingdom of God at TWBC throughout all these years. And I love them. Ronnie turned the gas on at the old building. And Ronnie would be the first to tell you there was grace for my place. (laughs) But the Ronnie I see now, there's grace for his place. He's doing awesome things. Look at my parents. Man, first service, 18-some years ago, there was grace for our place. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how big that grace was grace for that place i walked in and i gave carol a hug this morning and we launched off service this morning there about 70 people in here i said carol remember when we first moved in this building we were excited about these numbers and that was one service come on there was grace for that place miss carol but where we're at today there's grace for our place Grace is not us settling for where we're at. Grace is the empowering of God to get us to the fullness grace for your place is not settling where you're at it's the empowering of God to get you to the fullness and his grace is going to come through people his grace is going to come through the body of Christ his grace is the empowering of God on your life to get you from where you're at to where you're called to be and if you'll begin to look at your life y'all keep holding hands if you will begin to look at your life you may not be to where you wanna be but I guarantee you you're not where you were and when I look back at where I was to where I am I get excited about where we're going and about all that God's doing because I realize how far I've come it may not be as far as some but it's farther than I was yesterday and it's not as far as I will be tomorrow so I'm looking forward to tomorrow so I can take a new place and a new grace for that day to get me to the fullness yeah. and my question for you is are you thirsty thirsty enough to look at somebody who was where you were at at the well and encourage them and say there's grace for that place. Yeah. Yeah. Also, look at somebody who's more in the fullness of God than you are. Right. Not be intimidated by them. Yeah. Not walk in fear because of them. Yeah. Not think they're weird or special or more anointed than you are because they're not. Yeah. Nope. Come on. They may have just had a new place and a new grace quicker than you got there. But listen, your life ain't done yet. You're still breathing. What's holding you back from getting there? So as TWBC goes into the fullness of God, I want us to remember this one thing. There is grace for every place that is not being complacent where you're at. It's making sure God is, you're receiving all from God that you need to get you to the fullness of where you're going. Yeah. When the man who had the issue of unbelief came to Jesus, he said these words, Jesus, Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He was not rebuked or rejected for his unbelief. He was repositioned because of it. Just because you're not there yet, and you may not understand it yet, you can start declaring, I do believe. I do believe. Jesus, I need your help. I need your grace in this place to get me past what I don't even know is holding me back. Come on now. Because if you've never been there, you don't know what you're going into. You know the biggest struggle I have as a pastor? It's not hearing from God. My biggest struggle is not knowing what tomorrow holds. God, what's the next thing I I need to learn for my new place of grace? Whether that be leadership, whether that be spiritual, whether that be preaching, whether that be anointing. What is my next step of grace for my next place? Because God, I want to press the kingdom of God forward. But then when I see a new church plant take place in Silver Springs like it did a year and a half ago. I got questioned by a lot of people, not in this church, a lot of pastors. Why are you helping them so much? Why are you talking to them so much? Why are you reaching out to them so much? Because I'm not in competition with them. I'm not in competition with them. And I remember when I was in that place. And I want to get somebody out of that place as quick as I can to get them to this place. The trials are completely different, but can I tell you, it's a time of celebration when you can move from three people to nine people to 12 people to 24 people to 100 people to 200 people to 300 people to 400 people to 1,000 people. But there's a new grace for the 1,000-person place. There's a new grace. And it's God giving me all I need to get to where I'm called to be to the fullness now that's just pastor talk. Your, your life is different because you don't deal with a thousand people pastoring a church. There's grace for your coworker that just started. Right. Remember how it was when you just started and didn't understand the system? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Remember how it was when you just started and you're the new person in the lunchroom? Or the new person at lunch that nobody asked you to go to lunch and you'd have to go to lunch by yourself? I hope somebody showed you grace in that place, and if they didn't, it's your turn to show grace for that place. Y'all can be seated this morning. Y'all give them a hand, clap of praise. I want to say this one more time. There is grace for your place. My awesome RAGE students. As you're going back into junior high and high school in two weeks, no, seven days, eight days, nine, eight or nine, something like that, I won't won't push it forward any quicker. There's grace for your place. And some of y'all are going to be sophomores and remember how it felt when you were a freshman. Have grace for that place. Some of y'all are seniors. You don't know what to expect. You're a senior. You've been wanting this year your whole life. But now that you're there, you don't know what to do. Here's what you do, you have grace for those people under you. You have grace for that place. Because I believe if I show grace to those who are coming behind me, God will show grace to me because I'm behind somebody. You got a freshman year at college next year. Amen, you're going to school. Amen. You're pressing on. Amen. God's doing things in your life. I'm just declaring, all our kids are going to college. Amen, they're going to college. Where are you at in your walk? Some of you are at the unsatisfied place. And you wonder why you're in a spiritual funk and you keep going back to the same well. Maybe you're being thirsty on purpose. Maybe there's a plan in the thirst. But where there's a plan in the thirst, there's grace for that place. And that grace is God's gonna give you all you need to get you to the fullness. And He's gonna sustain you along the way. As the worship team comes, as the ministers come and begin to pray,